this week's Ladies in the Lead. I'm your host, Joan Garner, and this week we meet Miss Devin Wilson. Devin is married to Charlie Wilson, has two little boys, Hendrix and Riggins, and lives in Miles, Iowa. I have to say, like, I've been wanting to talk to Devin about her stock show life since the podcast began. She's been on my list, and I am so excited. Glad that we got to take the time to be together. We met in Makokota at a McDonald's, and she had a busy day that day, and I so appreciate her taking the time to meet with me to share her journey. Her journey started out humble, and it evolved through taking on challenges to taking steps through fear, I think, and growing in the unknown. Devin was on her way to Butler College and stopped at Blackhawk and Dan Hoke said to her, have you ever thought about coming here and judging? And she hadn't. And then she did. And wow, what a decision that one moment in time made for her. When I asked her about her stock show, how she stock show, she says, it's my life. Everything I do is this. And I'm thinking, she's so right. Gosh, she's so right. This conversation led us through topics of how she's been judging, what it's like to see your son show for the first time, what it's like to grow in an industry that's booming in her online sales, to be creative, to have innovative ideas. Her edge, you know, is to never be satisfied, to always want to get better. She just says, have fun. Oh, you guys. There's so much in this episode. I hope you listen to it twice because it's worth listening to twice. Devin is one of these ladies that we're going to listen to and hear for a long time. And she inspires me. I hope she inspires you. So let's get started with this week's lady in the lead, Miss Devin Wilson. Ladies in the Lead, and I'm your host, Joan Garner, and today I'm in Makokota, Iowa, McDonald's, of all places. <laughs> hey, it works. With works. Yeah, we're with Devin Wilson. How are you? I am good. Thank you for having me, Joan. Yes, I'm so excited to meet you in person. Well, I've actually known you. I mean, we cross paths, yes. but to sit down one-on-one with you today, it's just such a pleasure, and I thank you for taking out time, because yes. you were just saying... It's a busy day. It is a busy day. But hey, I'm happy to be here, excited to get to sit down with you and do this. I've seen it on Facebook before and get yeah. to follow some of your episodes, so this is going to be fun. Yeah, it's been really fun just to get to like really highlight different people and mm-hmm. just to get to talk to people and, you know, I mean, just the enthusiasts who are passionate about stock show mm-hmm. and all sorts of things. So for those who are listening who maybe don't know you, mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about like where you live, who you're married to, all your family, because I'm sorry, you have the cutest new baby. <laughs> he, is, he is pretty cute. Yes, he's so lie. cute. <laughs> um, so we live in Miles, Iowa. Um, my husband and I, uh, Charlie Wilson and I, and we have two boys, Hendrix Wilson and Riggins. And I guess I didn't have to specify that Hendrix's last name is also Wilson. Um, he is, though, a first and last name kind of child. If yes. you follow you guys at all on Snapchat, mm-hmm. Hendrix is like, he is 
all that. Oh, yes. I call Mr. Him, Wilson. Yes. Hendrix Wilson. All of it. Yes. yes. I laugh all the time because most of the time, if you hear me talking or trying to get his attention, yeah. I use his first and last name, or first and middle name almost all okay, the time. Okay, what's his middle name? Charles. Okay. And so <laughs> almost always I'll refer to him as Hendrix Charles. And so I think it's lost, like, the impact of, you know, getting your middle name called by your mom because <laughs> it's almost always. He is... He is the sweetest, most tender-hearted little boy, but boy, he is all that. All boy. 100%. All boy. Yes. Yes. It's so fun to see him. I've, I've been... Okay, so Charlie has been yep. posting online on Snapchat about him. Yes. Since he was born. Very proud father. Yes. And Riggins, too, has made the Snapchat, but yes. it's so fun just to see him. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, he has no fear. No fear whatsoever. And I always laugh with Charlie because Charlie will get frustrated or shake his head and I'm like, dude, that is you. Like, he <laughs> may look 100% like his mom, but he can't sit still. He is wound for sound and he likes to negotiate and that is all his dad. The other day he was <laughs> snuck in the snow with his little four Thing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and Charlie was like, uh, "Well, give it a go. See what you got." You yeah. know. And he's like, "I'm spinning out here, Dad. Help we, me out." We got him that four wheeler for Christmas, and oh, just this year. Yes. Because didn't he have like a little? He had a dirt jump. bike. Okay, a little dirt bike. Yeah. Yes, he had a dirt bike, and he loved the dirt bike. Well, the dirt bike went faster than the four wheeler, so every day he complains that this new four wheeler isn't fast enough for him. Of course. And so, but we we joke because we say between the dirt bike and the four wheeler, and before that he had a little John Deere. Um, ride on that went pretty fast because dad put a bigger battery in it. He, uh, of course he did. We always joke that our calves will be broke when you get one because Hendrix will have them pretty yes. broke because he rides up and down the alley in front of the barn and in front of our sail pens and yes. calves will be broke. So And now we have Riggins. Now we have Riggins. Four months old. Yes, he is four months old. Uh, we had him September 26th, actually the Monday. Our steer sale was Thursday night. <laughs> And I had him Monday, and Charlie it just was, kept saying, get through the steer sale, and then you can have the baby. So, we made it. Wasn't that nice of you? <laughs> yeah. Wasn't that nice of Charlie to give you a little permission yes. to have this exactly. child? I know. And actually, he was a planned C-section, so we were just hoping I didn't go into labor before the planned C-section. And I'm like, man, right, that poor kid's never going to get a birthday party, because it's right after our steer sale and right before our heifer sale, but... It's all right. We'll just have a party at the barn. <laughs> <laughs> Which I doubt you. I mean, you'll be there anyways. Yes. So you might as well just have the party in the barn. Yes. All right. So we know you're married to Charlie. Yep. You live in Miles now. Tell us a little bit about how you grew up or where you grew up. So I actually grew up in Michigan. and Which part? Actually, I grew up right in between downtown Lansing and Michigan State's campus. So Okay. Wait. First of all, let's just clarify here. Are you a Michigan State fan? Die hard. Oh, Die God. Hard. I, okay. Episode over. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I actually always say that anytime Charlie wants to start a fight with me, he'll talk about Tom Izzo in a bad way because if you know me well, you know I love Tom Izzo and I'm a diehard Spartan fan. So, uh, yeah, I grew up literally on the corner of Michigan State's campus there. Um, and so I laugh with people because I am technically uh, grew up as a city girl. I kind of got the yeah. best of both worlds there. My mom worked for the state of Michigan, so we lived right, I mean, right in town. Yeah. And my grandparents were always um, big-time cattle you know, had a cattle sale every year. Uh, my grandpa had, two, you know, 2,000 acres and 200 head of cows. And so my mom got to live on the farm, but because yeah. her job was in town, I grew up in town. And so right. my cattle background actually comes from my grandparents. And so I got to show my entire life growing up, um, but actually went to school and graduated with like 500 and some kids. Um, I was the only kid in the class that had a clue, you know, what cattle even really were and so um I don't know I always joke that I kind of got the best of both worlds because you did. You yeah did. so my grandparents were very very influential just 
in my yeah, life because of, of my mom being a single mom how, and all of that. How far away did they live from you guys? About 35 minutes. So that's nice. Yeah. Out in the country. Bad. So, like, did you spend summers out there? I did, Or was actually. it, like, a daily trip? Anyway? No. So, um, they had retired by the time I was born. Um, I'm so... I always joke that I was my grandparents' favorite. And, <laughs> and we hope everybody in your family hears that. Yeah, no, and they would probably none of them would argue with you. My cousins would all probably be like, yeah, that's true. My grandma came to my um, my bridal, or maybe it was my baby shower, one of my showers, and they're like, tell us how you know Devin or tell a story with yeah. Devin. And they got to my grandma, and she says, she's perfect. I have nothing else to say. And so we all kind of joked that, like, I was grandma's favorite, and there was no, like, oh, secrets about it. I'm just going to put it out there. I was my grandma's favorite. <laughs> Isn't it great to be the favorite? If all my cousins are listening, you can just comment in the in the Facebook comments. Like, you're, you're wrong. Well, I thought I was my grandma's favorite, too. That's, a, that's yeah. how grandmas are. Grandmas are the best. Yes. yes. But so, um, yeah, we got to name him after, after them, and... I guess I kind of have digressed from your original question. No, no, it's fine. It's like you had to spend summers there, like weekends. Yeah, so my, um, you know, we probably went quite a bit during the week when I was a kid. Um, I actually started out showing pigs at my grandparents' house. Wait, how old were you when you started? Oh, I was probably 10 or 11 when I started showing pigs. I don't remember for sure now, but my grandparents... Were they, were they nice and broke, or were they still, like, running around trying to get them broke? You know how pig showing yeah. has changed over the last... 20 years. I mean, like, yeah. it's been 15, 20 years. Well, more like 20. Yeah, it's probably been... I'm not 30 yet, so it's... <laughs> You're so young. Yeah. I'm not 30. <laughs> it's I'm coming. so nice. It's coming. So it's probably not been... I mean... It's what we started with 10, yeah. 20 years. Yeah, probably. probably about 20 years, yeah. It's, um... So I don't know. They were probably not that broke. If if the guy I got him from is listening, I apologize. They were probably not that broke. I But my grandparents were old enough that taking on cattle was probably too much for them at that point mm-hmm. um because i am the baby of all my cousins and my mom was the baby my mom was the youngest of five girls by nine years wow. and then i'm the okay, baby so they of were all older mm-hmm. and you're yeah. the baby of the family too yeah so my grandma was 60 when i was born so my grandpa was probably 64 or 65 already so i never kept show cattle at their house i just kept pigs there but that was really fun because that was kind of something me and grandpa got to do together and he liked did you feral or did you buy nope i just you know would go yeah. and buy a couple pigs and we do it together so that was fun and then a couple years later is when I like I said my mom my mom was actually the national key queen and you know grew up showing cattle all her whole life and my grandpa owned several like promotional bulls back in the day and so cattle was our background so pigs was just kind of something that was side gig yeah it was just kind of something for me to get involved and then um because my mom was a single mom I got to spend most of my summer um, at grandma and grandpa's or at my aunt and uncle's house so that she didn't have to pay for daycare and so yeah it was kind of the fun the sweetness of being my when i was growing up we lived in the country but grandpa and grandma my dad's folks who mm-hmm. were the closest to us lived literally like an eighth of a mile so oh, nice. grandpa and grandma's was just accessible by you know a four minute walk right. or yeah. you know a daily that daily connection Con- yes. which was really that's such a special part, I mm-hmm. think, like when you can be that close with your grandparents. It really is. Or have that connection. So you show keys growing up? I actually ended up showing shorthorns because... Um, Why does everybody show shorthorns? <laughs> well, shorthorns are like the hot and heavy thing when... Okay, know, what are your years? Time. Like, what we're like looking at 2000 and... Ooh, I don't know. I graduated high school in 2012. 12. Oh, so, yeah. Okay, so 2012. So you would have been... 
the, like 2000. To, I'm going to say like 2002 to yeah. 2012. Okay, so yeah. showing short ones. Heifers yep. or steers? Mainly steers for the most part. I showed a couple heifers, um, but the family that, you know, once my grandparents were old enough and I couldn't keep stuff at their house, the family that, you know, kind of let me work with them, they raised short horns. And so oh, that's kind of how it got started. And I wanted nothing more than to show cattle because that was, you know, kind of what my family did. And, and so they kind of took me under their wing and they're like, hey, if you want to show, then come show. And I'll be honest, I never showed like, you know, anything to the level of like what some of these kids do. I mean, oh, I just, yeah. yeah. I was lucky if I won a class. I mean, I never won any big shows or anything like that. But I almost think that drove my passion for the industry because, you know, I kind of started. At the beginning. Yeah. At the, mm-hmm. you know, that's good. So how does Michigan, like their 4-H, is it county-based? So are you showing at a county level and or a regional level, yeah. or is it a little different than it's Iowa? It's a little different than Iowa. So yeah. the only place that's a 4-H show is the county fair. Okay. And then everywhere else is just a junior show. So you can be like 8 to 21 is what I think it is. Yeah. Um, at any of like the state shows or anything like that. So that's kind of how I, I mean. I that's how just, it was. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say I was super, super involved in 4-H just because at all the other shows it wasn't 4-H based. It was just juniors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you did that whole life. Mm-hmm. Did short? Did you ever convert? Um, I showed. Your mom some... never said no. Was <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess towards the <laughs> We've end. We've got I... to get a black one. Yeah, actually, my grandpa did. I remember him. Actually, right before he died, he I bought this all white steer, and he was like, "You will regret that. You'll never win." He he, you know, back in that day, black yes. cattle was it. Yes. Yeah. And so he's like, you, "You'll never win showing those things," and it was just kind of funny and. I got this white steer, and he's like, well, it's good, but it's not black. And so we still joke about this to that to that day. <laughs> and so it's kind of funny that Charlie and I's cow base is predominantly mains and keys because that was my grandpa's background as well. And so He it, knew you would get there eventually, yeah, right? Like exactly. He just, just had to take a little detour around Exactly, there. yeah. He would be glad to know that because – and it's funny because I say, like, you know, I didn't ever – like show anything super good but my grandparents I mean they sold steers that you know won multiple Ohio State fairs were with like you know winning Denver different stuff like that so it's like they were you know at the level yeah they were really 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 well um perceived or did very Mm -hmm. well and so it's always kind of been my goal to get to you know that level of where they were at and so I think almost having to start at a lower level and work yes. my a way more up humble to, beginning yeah that's the way I like to look at it yeah. a humble start absolutely yes. and so I think that kind of if anything it kind of fed my hunger for it and yeah. so yeah do you remember kind of like always having that passion for just the industry as whole or was it cattle in specific specifically honestly I think it was the industry as a whole and I think it's just the like the competition or yeah I mean I think sometimes we take for granted how hard it actually is to like win at these higher levels or to sell animals at you know at a higher level because man obviously the commercial industry is is far superior in in numbers and stuff and so to get these cattle as good as they are I mean it's it's hard it is so hard and then when they you know we kind of take it for granted because you go to a big show you go to Louisville you go to Denver Mm -hmm. and you see these elite animals right Mm -hmm. you see them the best of the best Mm -hmm. and you forget that they have been sorted and cut from this herd and yeah. this sale and then they were cut again in somebody's barn mm-hmm. and then they were held and fed and these are like the elite of the yeah. elite you almost assume that everybody has one yeah it's, you get there and you're like oh my gosh why don't i have one everybody has one yeah and you forget oh no no 
You know, when everybody doesn't have one, they just left all the bad ones at home, you know? I think about that, like, even when I'm judging shows, because, you know, like, I just judged a show a couple weeks ago in Ohio, and I try to take my time, because I always sell people, like, the kid that's going to be sixth in this class Mm -hmm. took just as much time to come to the show and pay just as much money to come to the show this weekend as the kid that's going to, you know, have the champion steer, and so I think sometimes we're also competitive, and that's kind of what feeds my hunger, is it's like, we're also competitive to win, that sometimes we lose sight of, like, the whole, of how hard it is, I guess, yeah. to actually. Just, yeah, how hard it is from mm-hmm. day one, from mm-hmm. the breedings, from the feed, mm-hmm. all of it yep. that goes in. That's and cool. And just even, even when you're selling stuff, you know, we all want great homes. So as a seller's perspective, it's even hard to get to those shows where you can win because it's like, once they leave your place, they're in somebody else's hands, but, you know, still representing your operation. And so it's... It's a tough game. It is tough. Yeah. Yes, it is. Tell me when you... Did you start judging, like, young in high school? No. Did you pick it up later? How'd that all come about? So, actually, back to my grandparents here. Yeah. I, like I said, I went to a huge high school, and... No, in Lansing, right? Uh, yeah. Or was it, outside, or it, suburb. Was out, it was outside. a suburb okay. of Lansing, yeah. And so, I went to this huge high school, and I actually was going to go visit Butler, and on my way, stopped at um, Blackhawk, and I sat down with Dan Hogue, and he said to me, he's like, so are you Howard King's granddaughter, which was, you know, yeah. my grandpa, and I was like, instantly, as soon as he brought up my grandpa, I was, was like, sold, okay. and done, yeah, like, I, well, I, first I, of all, yeah, I called, and I was like, I'm not coming to visit Butler, sorry, and that yeah. was the end of it for me, because, you know, it just, I don't know, it was cool, it was almost like a sign from my grandpa that, yeah. like, this, this is, is where place. you're gonna go, yeah. yeah. And he's like, you know, you should be on the judging team. And I'm, I told him, I'm like, I have zero experience of, I've never given reasons. I didn't, I mean, never mm-hmm. been on a team, didn't even know how to mark a card. And he's like, it's fine, we'll get you there. And I remember leaving there and telling my mom, the entire Illinois State 4-H team that year went to Blackhawk. And I was like, man, these kids are light years ahead of me. I'll never get to mark cards. Um, I'll just, you know, I'll just yeah. be lucky to get to go and experience it. And truly, I tell kids this all the time the places that you get to go and see and the operations that mm-hmm. you know you're exposed to it's truly incredible like there's places that I would never yeah never have been if I hadn't done it and so I was like you know it'll just be an experience and so um isn't that great that you had that like yeah you, because there, there would have been a lot of like if you were insecure at all in who you were mm-hmm. and to and, and for Dan Hope to say that to you like have you ever thought about judging mm-hmm. obviously that means something to you because you like know him and he knew your grandpa or whatever right. But it would have been easy for you to say, oh, I don't think so. Like, to, to step away from that fear of the unknown right. or that competition. But I think that little competition drive of yours kicked Yeah, in. absolutely. I mean, it's no secret. If you know Charlie and I, you know we're probably more competitive than most people. Yeah. Almost, maybe sometimes to a fault. And so, I don't know. It was just kind of like, well, this would be cool. If this is something I can learn and be a yeah. part of, then I want to do it. And so... Um, I can remember being the very last kid, you know, 15 of us that I think were on the team, I would be the very last one at first to get a set of reasons ready because I didn't even know the format of how to go mm-hmm. through a set of reasons. And so I can remember asking Hogue, like, hey, can I give an extra set during lunch today in between classes because I didn't, I just didn't no. know. Right. Yeah, and so. But you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And, and just articulating it in different ways to say things. And so that was kind of, um how it blossomed and I was fortunate enough to to get to mark cards and then once I didn't judge in senior college graduated from Kansas State but didn't judge there and um did you miss it I did you know 
it was kind of one of those things where or well, your it's sometimes like your teams are so good it's hard to make that connection again at the yeah. next step i don't know like maybe i don't know you know i kind of had a different path in senior college and so i don't know i don't know it just didn't really pan out for me to judge in senior college and i don't know that i missed it to be yeah. honest with you i was kind of at a different point in life then well you've done it for two years yeah and yeah. you know what and i honestly like my team at blackhawk um it was good. We hadn't, you know, we didn't have, like, the team like Blake Bloomberg and Tyler yeah. Gardner that went undefeated. That certainly wasn't our team, but we overcame a lot, and we worked through a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was good, and I, like I said, I got to go to a lot of places and see a lot. And so I really didn't get started judging until actually the first show I did was just this tiny little show in a parking lot. And yeah, and it, I love it. Yeah, it was awesome. And I still remember the Hereford steer I used to win won the show hands down, and he went on to win junior nationals that year. Actually, yeah. In little what state were you in? Illinois. Yeah, and, and you in this little parking lot. That's in awesome. this little tiny, yeah, like a grass parking lot, basically. And um, Hogue Hogue gave him my name to go and do it, and it's just kind of blossomed from there. Yeah. And so. Yeah, it's fun. I like I said, I started out thinking I'd never get to mark cards, and I've you are it. like on the microphone in big stages. <laughs> well, like, I wouldn't say that big, but it is. I mean, anywhere it's beyond fun. the parking lot's getting bigger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bigger than the parking lot. For sure. That's but still, that yeah. junior national steer showed up. So that's yeah, pretty awesome. It was cool. Yeah, it was. It made me. Feel, you know, you always feel good when you leave a show and that calf goes on to win other shows. Yeah, you're like, hey, I'm not the only one that found that one. So it solidifies what you were thinking. But I know. yeah, it was good. So you went to k-state yes. down there how was that I that's kind of far from home any like love to travel didn't really yeah. distance didn't matter too much truthfully um i want when i was leaving blackhawk i really wanted to go to texas and i chickened out and it just kind of i, I ended up at k-state and it was kind of the happy medium in mm-hmm. terms of distance and to be honest i met charlie um, my junior year, and I didn't spend a whole lot of time at K-State because I kept coming back to Iowa to see him. And I guess it panned uh, out. We got married and had two kids. But um, how love blossoms. Yes. I look back on it now and think, boy, at 21 years old, I did a lot of driving to see a boy. So <laughs> when you know, you know. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But okay. I, I did love K-State. It's such a beautiful campus, and my professors there were incredible. So That's awesome. Cool. Yeah, and now now in Miles, Iowa, it's yeah. kind of funny, like Lansing. What's Lansing population without oh, the students? Like, is Oh, it, it's huge. It's like, I mean, is it a million? I don't. To be honest with you, I don't know. I mean, it's the state yeah. capital. So state capital. So it's let's, let's just give it a million. Sure. Yeah. It's Michigan. It's, it's <laughs> a million. People who are listening in Michigan, we apologize for not I'm from there, so. yeah. And then you know to go to case to go to Blackhawk, mm-hmm. and then go to K State, and then now back to Miles. You like small town, rural Iowa lifestyle. Some days it's great. Um, I mean, because you, you're out in the country, like you're not I'm just, middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Um, it has its perks, but when Charlie travels a lot for yes. our business, and there are times where I'm like, man, it would be nice that if I wanted to go out to dinner, I didn't have to drive an hour. Yeah. But I mean, don't get me wrong. Hendricks is favorite place to eat. He calls it Tatens. Um, it's actually the local bar. He knows the owner by name, which is Tayden. Yeah. And so he calls it Tayden's, and we go there about once a week for hamburger, and it's great. And yeah. So, I mean, the rural life is great. I love raising my kids um, yeah. in a small town. I love that everybody kind of looks out for each other. But there are times it would be nice to be a yeah, little, a little closer. Hey, when I was flying to Oklahoma City and Denver for work and leaving home at 2 o'clock in the morning to get to the airport on time, I was wishing I lived <laughs> Somewhere a little like, closer. A little closer. <laughs> yeah. For those nice. who don't know where Miles, Iowa is, it's in eastern Iowa, but yep. it's kind of like 
I would say you're from like if you look at Dubuque and Davenport and Cedar Rapids, kind of right, you're between Dubuque and Davenport, right? In the, the middle of um, yeah, yeah. And it's not, and it's just not really easy to get a lot of places. I mean, you just have to take the highway and go. You know, yep. it's beautiful country. It is beautiful. Yes, we're only about forty minutes from um, Davenport or Dubuque, so it's you not, got, yeah, it's not little, terrible. Yeah, only like forty minutes to I eighty. So from you know selling cattle that standpoint, it's, yeah. it's not terrible in that regard. But I mean. Yeah. It takes half an hour to get to the grocery store. So, unless I want to go to the little grocery store where, like, a loaf of bread is $4, which is fine, but... You in an emergency. Yes, yes, exactly. In an emergency. All right. So, now we're married, living in miles, but now you work for SC Online Sales. Yes, I do. How'd that come about? <laughs> so, a couple of years ago, I had a job. I actually really liked my <laughs> I job. job. Yeah, I loved my job. I wasn't looking for okay, a well, job. Okay, what are you doing? I was a journalist for an international company. Um, they have... Or, poultry. They have a poultry and feed line. And so I actually ran their egg industry magazine and wrote about the, the egg industry. Yeah. And I, I actually really loved it and I love to write. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was the editor of this magazine and doing that. And we had a bull display uh, in Oklahoma City. Uh-huh. We had a bull. And Dave Geyer's booth was right across from us. And we're having a beer and talking and I had some ideas, and I'm a pretty blunt person. Mm-hmm. Those that know me know I yeah. kind of wear my heart on my sleeve, and I say what I think. And so I said to Dave, I was like, I don't know why you're not doing X, Y, and Z. And he didn't, like, say too much. And that was I'm kind so of... I'm glad you said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Dave would probably tell you that. He'll tell anybody. I'm a pretty blunt person. And so I was like, why? I don't know why this isn't happening, why this isn't happening. And so I actually flew back home, and Charlie stayed in Oklahoma City, and... Um, Dave said to Charlie, he goes, I'm going to hire your wife. And Charlie goes, she has a job. And he's like, I don't care. I'm going to hire her. And for those of you that know Dave Geyer, once he gets something in his mind, mm-hmm. he's he's going to do it. He's committed. Yes. yes. And so I, I can't remember where we were right after that. But I think I came, I came back to Oklahoma City actually the next weekend. And he's like, hey, we need to talk. And so we started talking and he's like, elaborate on these things that you were telling me, right. these ideas. And so I did a little bit. And um, we ended up and we had a meeting. Actually, we met at a restaurant like you and I are right now. McDonald's. We, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember what I'm it sure was. I'm sure Dave Geyer probably took you to, I don't know, maybe it was McDonald's. Maybe I, it wasn't. I, I don't, don't know. know. Yeah. I don't know. We were in Geneseo, Illinois, and I met with him and Roland, and we yeah. went through some of my ideas and just talked. And by the end of it, they're like, so can we hire you? And I was like, I mean, I guess I'm not opposed to it, but, like, I, I like my job. Right. And so we kind of went back and forth for a couple months. And finally, I just said to Charlie, I'm like, I love this industry. It's always been a dream of mine to, to work in right. the, and you know, obviously I was working in the livestock industry, but to work in the show part Stock of show it, part of it. Yes, right. was really exciting to me. And so Charlie and I had several long conversations about it, and, and I just kind of took, took a the leap. leap of faith and... Here I am working for Show Circuit. I think I've been there a year and a half now, and yeah. or it'll be two years in May. So, so tell people kind of what you do. Like, I mean, we know you. Mm-hmm. I mean, just tell me what you do. I don't want to assume. Yeah, yeah. So I run all the social media and do their digital marketing. And the digital marketing side of it was two things that I kind of brought to Dave's attention of like, you know, why aren't you know why can't people advertise on the homepage, which people can now, and you know why aren't why can't they send out a text message for their sale? Because email 
you know, yeah. email's great, but it, it's we're, not, yeah. yeah, we're all it's kind of bombarded with yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we all have our cell phones in our hands all the time, it seems like. And so right. to be able to send a text message and, you know, our sellers are able to send a picture and to target specific sellers um, to meet their needs. And so we've spent a lot of time kind of building that platform and making it very um, specific and, and so that I can design these text messages for them. And um, so that's kind of what I do on a daily basis. I do a lot with the sponsorships. I've started these youth events um, with the help of some of my team members um, at the different junior national shows. And so we do volleyball and kickball. And uh, I think we've got some other ideas for this summer. But it was so funny. I said to Dave a couple years ago, I was like, let's do this at Mains and Keys. Charlie and I are always at Mains yeah. and Keys. And so I said, let's try this. I have an idea. I want to do kickball. Right. And uh, Stex and Dell helped me, and we kind of came up with some ideas together. And I was like, you know, we're going to have T-shirts, and it'll be a great branding opportunity. And I did not realize the monster that we were creating because all of a sudden, <laughs> Charlie walks up to me. The Junior Nationals were in Oklahoma that year, and um, Charlie walks up to me. And he's like, you realize everyone is talking about this kickball tournament. And I was like, no, honestly, I was a little afraid no one was going to play. Like, I was afraid we were going to have all these T-shirts, and nobody was going to show up. Nobody was going to show up. Yeah, and I think we ran out of t-shirts and had like 350 kids play or something just ridiculous. Yeah, and it was so fun. And the one thing that I really, really pushed about these events is that I want, um, I wanted the adults to have the opportunity to play with the kids because people say to me all the time, like, you know, Charlie, like Charlie, is he mean? Like he never smiles, you know, and I get that all the time on the pictures and I'm like, he's actually like easy to talk to and pretty approachable once you get to know him but yeah. you know a lot of times people only see him at these cattle shows and that could be said you know for a lot of people in our industry where these kids see these guys and they're in their element right. and they're working and so they're serious and so I really wanted a place where our sellers could interact with these kids and yeah. obviously it's open to anybody but some place where you know the Charlie Wilson's the Jared Boyard's of you know all these different guys that kids you know kind of look up, up to, to could go out and just play and have fun Mm -hmm. and you know we're all competitive and so go out there and get to see them still competitive but in a fun atmosphere Mm -hmm. and so that's what we've really tried to accomplish with that and we've taken it on the pig side too um you know last year we did volleyball at world pork expo it was absolutely huge and we had guys out there we try to get refs that people love you know like we had Corey thompson at mains and keys and oh (laughs) man he was an absolute who i mean he was yelling and doing hands i mean it was hilarious and so you know last year it we did volleyball at world pork expo and we had like will winners and oh jesse heimer and several other guys out there and man they were just having a blast with it and so it's really fun to get to see the kids interact with these guys that they kind of look up to and but in a fun and joking yeah 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 so it's been it's been a lot of fun and it continues to grow and I continue to get calls like hey will you guys come do this here and I'm like oh this is getting big like (laughs) at some point we're gonna good thing you hired new um online reps that can go and like (laughs) yeah help out like I was just telling the reps today I'm like you guys are gonna have to come help me this summer because I made Charlie last summer I was eight months pregnant and I made Charlie go everywhere with me because I was like I can't carry the boxes I can't set up the volleyball nets and so this year I'm not pregnant but I am gonna make the reps come help me (laughs) that's awesome it's been great you know some people would have never spoken up to Dave would have never said yeah their ideas what made you go across the aisle and say just go for it I don't truthfully I don't remember I can tell you exactly where we were standing and in what building and 
I mean, there was literally just, we were having a couple beers, and I, if you know me, it would not surprise you that yeah. I was just like, hey. What about this? Yeah. yeah. What about these ideas? Why not? I think sometimes, you know, we all have ideas. We all have mm-hmm. that thing. And some of us are hesitant to go to people yeah. that we look up to or that are, are own it, you mm-hmm. know, like own the online sales platform and right. say to them, hey, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? I think it's cool that you took the initiative to do that. Well, thank you. Yeah. I, I don't even know if in the moment I realized I was doing it because, like I said, I kind of just spewed it out there. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's funny that you say that because I've done, like, some of these lives on our Facebook with guys like, you know, Dave Duello, Gerald Buck, um, mm-hmm. like Nelson, guys that I would kind of consider industry icons or industry leaders. And I think back to myself at, like, 18 years old and how, like, almost intimidated I would have been mm-hmm. of guys like that. And all of them say like, man, I wish more people would just come up and introduce themselves or just come up and talk. And so that's one thing that like, I think the younger generation like myself or even younger than me can do is like, man, don't be afraid of those guys that, you know, yeah. maybe are own big businesses or maybe do judge all the big shows because they're still just people like the rest right. of us. I, I mean, was listening to a thing. I don't know if you know who John Maxwell is. He's a national, like, um, he's, he just personal development and he has tons of books or whatever. And he was talking about the difference between having a gift Mm -hmm. and the human and how it kind of like grounded him as a person. We look at people and we look at their gift. Maybe it's how they speak on the microphone or how they show cattle or how they fit or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And we take that gift that they have and we assume that that's the person, right? Mm -hmm. So we make them iconic Mm -hmm. and we forget that they're just humans Humans. Mm -hmm. and if you can detach the gift Mm -hmm. away from the human I think it allows people to have so much more connection and so much more accessibility Mm -hmm. and if if you're a person who has the ideas and wants to express those things I think if you can just keep that in mind yeah they're just a person just people and I mean obviously like there's times to approach people and times not to we all get that but I think about that a lot of times with the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, asking women to be on the show to share their sh- stories mm-hmm. or to put it out there and just to create the platform itself. Right. And I sometimes I'd psych myself out a little bit. I'd be like, okay, nobody really wants to, or who wants to have? And then I would be like, no, this is only lifting people up. This is only right. a it's compliment, a, yeah. a compliment to whomever I ask mm-hmm. or whoever. I think just like you did with Dave. By offering that with no expectation, mm-hmm. none whatsoever. Like, hey, have you thought about this? Because you were only going over there to make it better. You weren't going over there to rip him apart, like, or to tear it apart. And I think probably that's what Dave really reacted to was the authenticness of your conversation or your ideas. I think it's a huge part of who you are. Well, like, I don't. Think, I had never thought of it that way, but yeah. that's a great way to think about it. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, think I appreciate it's just, the positive yeah. thought about it. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of a lot of young women, mm-hmm. and since this is you know about ladies in the lead, I think right. a lot of young women in ages, you know, fourteen to eighteen, mm-hmm. in they're in that high school, you know, they're trying to figure out, they're trying to own themselves, they're trying mm-hmm. to figure it out. They have the ideas, they have a voice. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they can't connect it and take the next step forward. Yeah. So it's such a great example of how you've been able to do that. And you just take it for granted, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> well, you just call yourself, I'm just putting myself out there. Well, and you, if you know me at all, I'm forward. But think yeah. about that. Like, that's really powerful. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah I guess 
I've talked many times about him on this podcast already, but my grandpa always used to tell people, you're going to be buried under the same dirt I am. And yeah. so he didn't really care if you were the president of the United States right. or if you lived on a corner on the box, he was going to treat you just the same. Absolutely. And so I think that's maybe where my attitude comes a little bit yeah. from that of like, you know, obviously there's people I respect very, very much. And like you said, there's a time and place for everything. But yeah. I just have always kind of looked at it as like, you know, I think you have to hold yourself to a, a certain standard and kind of present your ideas. And if they don't like them, that's fine. But yeah. Then they're human too. So right. They and don't. I think you have to just like you said. If they don't like your idea, okay. Yeah. So nothing changed. Right. 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 So you can't take it personally. It might just be that they're not on the same wavelength. And I think sometimes, yeah. you know, you talked about like those, you know, the young young girls, 14 yeah. to 18 years old. And I think sometimes um, they can be a little insecure or maybe yeah. like a little intimidated to approach people. And I would just tell them just to remember everybody has their own insecurities and everybody has their people that, you know, maybe they're intimidated by. So don't be afraid to take that leap of faith and go mm -hmm. talk to them because... For all you know, they might be writing your letter of recommendation someday or, you yeah. know, be a contact for you to find a job or, you know, or whatever. they might be hiring you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nice job. Like, yeah. You didn't know you were in a job interview when yeah, you were, exactly. like, doing it. I know. Exactly. So, I just, I don't know. That would always be my thing is don't be afraid to to reach out. And, you know, I judged um, part of Badger Kickoff, I don't remember, maybe last year. And two girls came up to me afterwards and, like, said ladies in the lead and they're like oh it was so great to see a female judge's show yeah. and mm -hmm. they wanted me to come and, and do um Platteville that's where they went to school and so they were talking to me and it was just really refreshing to have like young women come mm -hmm. over and just talk and yeah. you know not message me on Facebook or not like yeah. not that there's anything wrong with that because I'll be honest I do it for my job too but just to see them like have the confidence to come yes. across and introduce themselves yes, and, and come to say, say hello and to say yeah. hello and it was it was really good because I, I get it there are I mean like I said there is guys in this business that I was intimidated of and then mm -hmm. having them on the Facebook live it's like oh they're just people I mean yeah I mean, I they're great people but they're still they're just, just people, people. Yeah. I know from the podcast to talk about a farm I think you need to get to. Now, if you're interested in showing pigs at a high quality level, whether you're beginner or advanced, Andy Plattner has something for you. He is right north of Mechanicsville, about half a mile. He's got over 100 litters to choose from, hogs that are ready to go now, sales that are going to be going all the way through the spring season, and you will find where he's going to be at and what he's going to be offering on Facebook at Plattner Show Pigs. But if you want to give him a call, it's 319-521-7229. If you've never seen Andy Judge, you're missing out. He's so spectacular in the ring. He really says it how it is, but he just gives that extra touch with the kids, gives it all back, and I think he's worth a shot. You guys, give him a chance. Platner Show Pigs, North of Mechanicsville, give him a call. Thanks so much for being a sponsor, Andy. We appreciate it. Now back to the podcast. is called Ladies in the Lead. She stock mm -hmm. shows. I always ask all my guests, mm -hmm. if somebody came up to you and said, Devin, you stock show, what would that mean to you? I guess I would have to, like, I know this sounds really 
kind of stupid and maybe a little cliche, but just that's literally my life. I don't, I mean, I don't do anything that really revolves in uh, uh, any other thing yeah. that doesn't revolve around the stock show industry. Yeah, yeah, really. So, I mean, because I think about it, like you produce mm-hmm, cattle, mm-hmm. you judge, mm-hmm. you fit. You're a mom. Oh, I would not fit. I don't fit. Um, I leave that to Charlie. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's hard to compete with Charlie. (laughs) Yeah. I I will say this, you know, about your husband. One time, um, well, probably a while back, we we had a steer from them that we'd gotten from Charlie, and it was in the governor's show. Okay. And Charlie came to fit it. Okay. And I had been with with my niece's steer, and I had been all summer long. I had been fitting that steer. Mm -hmm. I said something to him about basically like, hey. I mean, I know he's better than me. Like, I get it, right? It didn't have, that did not have to be said. That part. And I was like, you know, I've been fitting this chair all summer. Can I join in? And he was like, absolutely. Yeah. He goes, it is way more fun to do it together. Mm-hmm. And he just, like, put me down, you know, and just let me join in. Yeah. So I don't think, I mean, I think Charlie is excellent at what he does. But he also is inviting when you are in the right setting, you know, for others to join into. And I think people look at him like very intimidating that way. Like, yeah. Because if you were going to the tent it's and you're intense. in a shoot yeah. and the guys are all assigned a spot yes. and a leg and like, you mm-hmm. know, that's part of the plan, right. the process. But anyways, that's not what we're talking We're talking about you. Like, yeah. But I just think that's a good shout out for Charlie because, you know, I mean, here I'm like a 40 two-year-old aunt <laughs> yeah you don't know what the hell you know I mean he really doesn't know what I'm getting what I can and can't do right and then it just it's it worked out yeah it was yeah. still our calf yeah and I think that's something that I've, I always say like I'm never gonna get like I don't want Charlie to hear this because his head doesn't need to get big but he is very talented and uh-huh. so the one thing that you know I always tell kids is like don't be afraid to ask how they did it whether it's charlie or Mm. you know a jeff paulson or whoever it may be don't be afraid to ask them because they all started someplace too i mean like you know charlie always says he can remember standing at the iowa state fair and just going and watching tracy gretzka clip and he's like that's how i learned just watching people and so whether it's you know ladies learning from each other or Mm -hmm. you know ladies that want to learn how to fit i mean just go watch none of them are ever gonna you know I mean, they still learn from each other. Yeah. I just think, I mean, I've seen you judge. You're excellent on the Thank mic. You. It's Thank very you. fun to watch you judge. Very appreciate that. Yes. <laughs> it's fun. It's just because when you're judging, I don't think of it as there's a lady in the ring judging. Mm-hmm. I just think it's Devin judging, yeah. which is, I hope we get to that point across the board for everything. At some point, it's no more. It's not Joan leading the steer. Mm-hmm. It's not a girl. It's mm-hmm. not a guy. It's mm-hmm. just we are we are doing I can't yeah. tell you how much I agree with that because yeah. sometimes I think we hear actually we hear a lot like oh we just wanted a woman judge and that's almost it can insulting almost, yes it's in- almost a little insulting because it's like I want you to ask me because you think I'm qualified yeah. not because I'm a girl and so actually I was in Kansas City um a couple years ago now and I was talking to Marianne Ward and she's like hey I got on Walton and I watched you judge that show in Ohio and she was like um she's very very sweet and she's like you know it's refreshing to see women judge but we want qualified judges like right and I was like yes absolutely and so I think there's so many qualified women and so it is awesome to see you know women yeah. in the ring and getting to judge more shows and I always joke I told Deb Core I had her on a live and I told yeah. her I was like man you want to talk about women that just work hard and are qualified? I was like, then Deb should be judging every show in the country. Oh, I mean, my gosh. Man, she's a hard worker. Yes. But there's many, you know. Oh, Bar- so. Barbara Rick is another yeah. one that comes to mind, and she does judge quite a bit. And so, yeah. 
just kind of fun to see women yeah. in, in that element that are deserving to, to be there. Just, just to be there because they are qualified. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. And I'll be the first to admit, you know, it's funny, like, at some shows, I'll, I will flat out say, like, I don't fit, but I watch my husband fit every weekend. And so, you know, yeah. I, I know that you guys did a really nice job or that one's really presented well. So yeah. I think it's okay to acknowledge where we're not, you know, where we're, our strong points aren't and, you know, find people that compliment those areas yeah. for you. So tell me, what do you think is your edge? Who makes Devin Wilson a little bit better than what do you own that makes it like your edge? Makes you really good? I don't know because I I don't ever want to get to a point in my life where I think I'm really good or that I couldn't be better at something. Right. You know, whether it's the cattle we raise or the cattle we sell or um, my job, there's always something that we can learn and do better. And so I don't know that I have, but you do have something. And, and this is not to be pretentious or mm-hmm. to be like, you know, boasting or anything like that. What I have found over doing all these podcasts mm-hmm. is, is that women who are able to be dedicated and elevated and excellent mm-hmm. have really owned something that they're good at. Like, and you, I, I'm already sitting here. I, I could list off four or five things. But we were just talking about it. Your ability to generate new ideas, see it, and then not be intimidated to go share it. I mean, that's an edge right there in itself. Because, you know, your ability to be able to judge in the, on the mic and own the fact, like, to say, hey, I may not be the best fitter, but I can see it right. and own it. Do you, do you feel like you own one particular thing? Are you really good at... I mean, I don't know, packing the cooler for the steer shows. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you know, I, I mean, it could be anything. Just... I don't know that this is necessarily an answer to your question, yeah. but the first thing that comes to my mind is, like, a lot of times growing up, people told me I couldn't do it. And so I have always kind of, like, man, that just fuels me. Like, when somebody's like, oh, you you won't be good enough, or, you know, thinking that I wouldn't be able to ever mark cards at Blackhawk, or thinking that, like, yeah. you know, I would never, I don't know. I don't know if that's, yeah. like, the right answer, but I it, think... There's no wrong or right yeah, answer, I just, but I think it's a good answer. Yeah, I think I grew, you know, I had to overcome a lot growing up, and just, you know, having a single mom and different things like that, and there was, I always felt like there was people that doubted me or, or thought that I couldn't, and so I think that is something that's just fueled me, and mm-hmm. kind of, like, maybe helped me in some ways, you know, just, Hey, I'm, I'm going to do it because people thought I couldn't, if that well, makes sense. That's a great answer. Yeah. I think that's a great answer. You should own that. <laughs> <laughs> the next time somebody asks you that, you just rattle I'll whip that it out. out I'll because just whip it that out. was good. That was really <laughs> Thank you. good. Yes. Thank you. Tell me this. I know you're, I know Hendrick showed for the first time at Badger. Yes. Okay. I saw it. I was there. I was on the side of the ring and I know you have seen like hundreds of kids walked in those rings with mm-hmm. calves that you guys have sold and whatever. Mm-hmm. Tell me what it's like to see your son show for the first time. You know, it's funny because I kept telling everybody, I was like, I don't care how he does. It's a mini Hereford. And then we got him fit and we're headed to the ring. And I was like, man, if we don't win the mini Hereford, I'm, like, I'm going to be frustrated. And <laughs> it was a good mini Hereford. He is really a nice mini Hereford. And so... Oh, wait, um, what's the mini Hereford's name? Bumblebee. After Transformers. <laughs> yes, yeah, Bumblebee. big Transformer fans. God, I love that. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, Hendrix, man, not to be biased of my own kid, but man, he's stuck like absolutely stuck that thing for a four-year-old it was just awesome to watch and you know Hendrix's life has revolved around mm-hmm. the cattle business Riggins was I think 10 days old no I'm wrong 
He's about four weeks old at uh, weeks. A, Kansas City. We took him to the Sear show. He's born September 26th, yeah. and maybe he was only two weeks. But I, my point is, is that yeah. my kids don't know any different. This is right. our life. And so to see Hendrix out in the ring, somebody was like, man, it's different when it's your own kid. And it is in the sense that, like, I wanted it so badly to just be a positive experience mm-hmm. for him. Like, I say, you know, oh, I wanted to win the mini Herefords. But at the same time, I was like, if they can just go out there and Hendrix can come out and you know, nobody was hurt. He had fun. Like that yeah. is what I wanted for him was just a good experience because we can practice and practice and practice at home. And if Bumblebee would have got to the show and decided he was going to knock yeah. Hendrix over, it was just going to be, I don't want to say catastrophic knowing Hendrix, he probably would have just gotten up and been like, let's do it again. Yeah. yeah. Listen here, <laughs> knucklehead. But, um, I just, from a mom's perspective, it was like, I just so badly want this to be a positive experience, but I'll be honest. I think Charlie and I try to take so much pride in the kids that show for us that the uh, the feeling or, like, the level of competition or, like, the wanting Hendrix to do a good job really wasn't that much different for me because it was, like, those kids that are out there showing calves from us, it's always, like, I want this to be good for them because mm-hmm. I realize what they have invested. Yeah. And so it was the same kind of, like, yeah. feeling. It was just Hendrix out there, and I'm just thinking – okay, like, please remember everything we've been working on at home, and <laughs> please, does it change your perspective, though? Like, when now when you're, I mean, I, for me, because mm-hmm. I remember watching my kids show, and you're yep. exactly right, like, mm-hmm. in, you want them to have the best experience, right? Yeah. And I'm super competitive to you. I want it to be the best experience and have the best outcome. Right. Like, let's try, let's <laughs> yeah, just can't, like, can't have it all. You know, and, and try to do both, yep. like, you know. But it gets to be a point where you really want the kids to step into it and challenge yeah. up to it. But, I mean, Hendrix is four. Right. But I know when you guys are looking at, you have elite showmen and you have elite status with some of these heifers and steers, and then your four-year-old is out there. Mm-hmm. It does soften the way that you look at it. Yeah, and, and it, it does. Like, so now the next time you're in the ring and you're judging, which you just did, yeah. do you look at them and say, I wonder if any of this is anybody's first time in the ring is this this first time for this nine-year-old or this 10-year-old well, and, and that's that's just it like, like there's some mom over there just and dad at the bit just wanting them to have a positive experience and that's yeah. that's what I, like where i got with like the whole like the kid that's six that's just as important as the yeah. kid that's gonna have the champion heifer because it's like man they're they're working hard they searched all fall to find that calf and you know and they brought bumblebee their yeah, bumblebee they brought their, actually there was a bumblebee in ohio and i got so excited because <laughs> i was talking to the little boy and i was like what's your calf's name and he's like bumblebee and so yeah we got to have a great conversation but when i was in ohio a couple weeks ago there was a little girl and her calf kept getting away and i just encouraged her like keep working because i know her mom is on the ring side and she's frustrated and she's her heart's breaking for her little girl who's frustrated and mm-hmm. so I try to be really sensitive to that, whether it's a customer, whether it's, I mean, we've had calves go out in the ring and blow up or yeah, not, not want to work for the kid right. or, you know, have the kid get frustrated. And so it's, you know, I think maybe as women, we're probably more in tune with that than men are just mm-hmm. the nurturing side of us. Um, because I always try to tell whether it's Hendrix or whether it's, you know, McClay Jensini that shows, you know, yeah. shows with us, I try to say, like, just go have fun. Yeah. Go have fun. That's like, an element to it that mm-hmm. sometimes I think we forget. Because we are so competitive. <laughs> because we are so competitive. And let's be honest, there's a lot at stake. Yeah. There's, you know, if your heifer does well mm-hmm. and wins a national show, mm-hmm. which, let's just be honest too, most of us aren't going to do that. Mm-hmm. 
but the dollars that follow that, I know there's a lot of pressure with that. Yeah. And I think the, what we love best about Stock Show when we were young was it was fun. Yeah. And like we were, like you said, we had humble beginnings. Yeah. Sometimes humble beginnings are the funnest beginnings mm-hmm. because there's no expectation. There was no expectation. And it's just to grow and do better with it. And But even when you do start to have expectations, remember, it is still fun. It's it just is. like a really... It's a hobby. It is. Mm-hmm. I mean, for some people, it's a life. You, It's your life. It is my life, yeah. Yeah, livelihood, too. But it too. gets to be my but life because it's other people's hobbies. Hobby. Yeah. yeah. And so it is... It's a it's a very interesting business in that yeah. regard. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I think you're exactly right. You know, you have people out there who... Yeah. It's competition, but at the end of the day, you know... I always look at it as like the people you are most competitive with are also the people you respect the most. And yeah. so you're out there all working for the same goals right. that you have to respect each other and, and yeah. their drive to get there. So yeah, to go back to your question about just like, you know, seeing Hendrix out there for the first time, he's going to show again, and you know, here in a couple of weeks at the Iowa B5 Expo. Yeah. And so, you know, we're back practicing and if anything, I think as a mom, the only other thing I would add to that is we did we had a heifer for him for junior nationals last year and when they're little mom and dad still have to do a lot of the work or our hired man colton helps helps hendrix a a lot lot too yeah and um so i think that's the one piece that is a little bit different is when it's a customer you know they're doing yeah that daily stuff at home (laughs) and when it's hendrix it's like you know we're out there washing bumblebee or now bumblebee's tall enough hendrix can't blow out his top but he thinks he can and so like i have to argue with him to let me have the blower for five minutes so that i you know (laughs) so it's just that's that's one thing that is a little bit different is you know getting to do that daily care stuff which you know like i said him and colton get to do some of that too and colton's really fabulous with him so it's it's a good mix, I would say, but uh, it's it's a fun mm-hmm. it's a fun new aspect for you. Yeah, and it just that's what keeps it. Like you said, you like it to you constantly. You're learning. You like yeah. to, and this is gonna be a whole new way to learn. You it's know, a fun way it, to learn. It's funny. There's a picture from Badger of me, Charlie, and Hendrix right outside the ring before he goes in. And man, you would the intensity in that picture. You would think that he had the one to win at Kansas City because <laughs> like we're just like and it's it's such an awesome picture. And I hope someday that. You know, when he's older, we'll have one like it to kind of put next to each other because it, it is that drive. And so you do want that for your kids. And like I said, you want it for your customers, too. So it's I know. It's and fun. I'm sure, you know, that picture looks intense. And it looks like mm-hmm. it's all about winning or whatever. But I'm sure you were saying, just have fun, buddy. And just remember, yeah. keep the head up. Yeah, know? that is. Like, I think that's the exact conversation. <laughs> let's make sure your shirt's tucked in. Yeah. Because he was dressed to the nights. I, I will say that. Yeah. yeah Great style. <laughs> Thank he you. was styled very nicely. Well, and I think actually, truthfully, in that conversation, we were just telling him, like, okay, there's the job. and you see that you're gonna walk around in this little circle and then stop okay like and so I think it was truthfully just about the basics more than anything but it looks like we're telling him to like and you know he's so funny he tells everybody he's like yeah I um what does he say I won the badger he'll tell everybody that and we're like you won the mini Herefords but that's fine like we you know he thought he won the show and that's that's awesome and you know I think sometimes we forget that Everybody at that show has a different goal. Yeah. Like, you know, some families are coming thinking they have a shot to win. And some families are like, hey, if we just get this one through the ring, then yeah. we, Let's already, get this one yeah, we yeah. already won. And so. And that might mean just the kid through the ring. Yes. Because some kids are. Intimidated or intimidated scared. Scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's where I think, like, 
whether you're selling cattle, whether you're a judge, whether you're, you know, just somebody attending the show, like, it's important to remember everybody's goals are different and everybody deserves the same level of respect and appreciation yeah. because, hey, maybe they had to balance basketball and... Yeah. Most of them did. Yeah. Most of them were in two sports and their yeah. sister is here and mom and dad there. are trying to get there. Exactly. And somebody's still at home doing chores. And yes. Yeah. Yes. I know. One of the things I noticed as we kind of wrap this up, mm-hmm. I was looking at your Facebook and this theme kept coming through on your Facebook and I was really inspired by it. Oh boy. And you're like, oh God, what did I say? <laughs> yeah, I am. And the word nervous. thankful mm-hmm. just kept coming across. Some people say grateful. Some people say, I'm so appreciative. But you say thankful. And it just caught my eye, and I thought, I'm just such a great word. Does that word resonate with you in some way, or does it just subconsciously come out, like, just so thankful for all of this, like, thankful for this job, thankful for this community, thankful for the opportunity? I mean, is that just part of your mantra? You know, know, I've never thought about it, Mm -hmm. Um, but like I said, you know, I did have pretty humble beginnings, and I, I did grow up with a single mom, and so... I, I, I had to overcome a lot. Yeah. And so I am very thankful to be where I am. I'm thankful to have two beautiful, healthy little boys. Yeah. Um, you know, even that was something that was hard for us to get to. And so it's just, I am. Like, when I just think about life, I'm yeah. very, like, thankful. I realize how blessed I am. You know, Charlie and I worked hard. You to, still work hard. Yeah, we still work hard every day. And so that's not always easy. And my job's not always easy. And, and let's be honest, life is just not always easy, but, you know, I think about other people and what they go through, or, you know, my mom has lost a lot of friends at a very young age, and so I just, I am, I'm thankful, I'm thankful for my health and for a business, and, you know, you look at our industry, and I think it's so powerful that where else can you have 300 people like a picture of you and your kid getting ready to go bowling, because, and they are, they're all cattle people that are just excited for you to spend the afternoon with your with your kid, but he you wanted know, to take you on a date. Yes. Yeah, it wasn't a date. He yeah. friend zoned me. Yeah. He did tell me by the time that we got cookies that it it could be a date if I didn't tell his dad. Okay. So, but my point, I guess, is like I'm just very thankful for an industry that is competitive as it is is also very supportive of one another because I don't think you see that anywhere else. I mean, you don't. Right. I look at my friends on Facebook who are not involved in the industry, and I'm not trying to make social media the end-all, be-all by any means. Right, because we know. Yeah, yeah, but I think that they're, you know, they don't have the network, or they don't have the people to support them, or, mm-hmm. I mean, how many kids that aren't involved in the livestock industry can say that they have friends in Texas, and Oklahoma, and California yeah. that they see at these stock shows, and, and so, I don't know, I guess... I hadn't noticed that I say thankful a lot, but I just, I am very well, thankful. Well, I think it is a good word to say a lot. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. yeah. I am. I'm just, I am very thankful for where I am in life because I know that for some people it's not always easy. Yeah. So. It is good. Okay. Wow. That is like, <laughs> I almost raised tears to my eyes because I too am so grateful and thankful. And just, I think that's a big part of what makes you know, life fun yes. and it's just to be gratitude oriented yeah. and thankful. So I'm and glad you are too. And to realize that it could all just be taken away, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah. As we know, life is short. Like your grandpa said, we're all going to be buried in the same dirt. So there you go. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to wrap it up with yes. quick questions. Okay. <laughs> Keeps people real. Yo, this is what I love. <laughs> this makes me a little nervous. I know, I know. <laughs> all right. What's the music you play in the barn when you're in the barn? Oh, I love Eminem. I oh can, gosh! Okay, <laughs> <I can laughs> <know. laughs> yeah. Okay, I have found 
There's a lot of gangster rap people out there. <laughs> and there's a lot of country people out there. Yes. I mean, I was from Michigan, so growing up, Whoa. I mean, actually, I'll keep this short story short, but I was on a bachelorette party one time, and they bet me that I could not rap everywhere doing an Eminem song, and oh, I got up there nailed and it. nailed it every word. So, yes, secret about Devin, I do love me some Eminem. <laughs> Who's in charge of the ox cord or the radio when you guys were in the truck as a family? You, Charlie. Hendrix. Hendrix. <laughs> Hendrix. Tell me he's listening to Eminem, too. <laughs> Actually, he loves Black and Yellow, so <laughs> a little different, but either uh, Black and Yellow, Devil Went Down to Georgia, or he calls it the Thunder Song, but he means the Thunder Rolls by Garth Brooks, so he's got See, a little variety a in there. A little 90s yeah. country. Good job. <laughs> Hendrix, way to pull it out. Yes. All right. Would you go favorite show to show at, if you were to show at one? If we're taking heifers, nothing beats coming down the the yeah. hill there, the ramp at Louisville. Yeah, I I know I talk about it all the time. Yeah, it is when you if you're walking down that ramp, just stop. I know and it's look and crazy. Yeah, and you know as far as steer shows go, we won Kansas City a couple years ago. We were fortunate to do that with uh, the Bell family in Oklahoma, and uh, several others were involved with that steer. But man, that adrenaline rush of those grand drive there at Kansas City is pretty pretty cool. And so. I don't know. I'd say that depends on what we're showing. Yeah, that's good. Okay, big dream to judge at. Biggest dream to judge at. Boy, I have always said um, if you could do, this is a little different because these shows, Oklahoma City has impacted this, but I used to say if you could do the Herefords on the Hill at Denver, I think that is, that would be incredible. That is, yes. That's That's an incredible show. Yeah. Okay, since we're at McDonald's, McDonald's or Burger King? Oh, McDonald's. Not a big Burger King (laughs) fan. Free promo. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. But actually, I'm a big, big Mexican fan, so sorry. Yeah, Yeah. Taco Bell or Taco... Let's see, Taco Bell. Taco John's. Taco John's. Okay. Sleep in or stay up late? Ooh, I got kids, so I don't get to sleep in, but I do like my me time, so stay up late. Stay up late. Yep. Yeah. Favorite holiday? Christmas. Is it really? Yep. Good for you. Yeah. I just think there's so much magic. People are nice to each other. It's just... It just kind of reminds people to yeah. be nice to each other, it right? It does, yeah. And I think it's the one time of year we stop to remember, like, how blessed we are to have the things that we do. Yeah. Shoes you wear in the barn. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I like my knockoff hey dudes quite a lot. Your knockoff hey dudes? <laughs> yeah. Because seriously, hey dudes don't cost quite that much. But <laughs> yeah, I don't even... I'll tell you. Hold on. I think they're called... A, Gypsy Jazz. Oh, Gypsy Jazz. Oh, yes, yes. yes. Yeah. I, they're a good brand. They're, they're great. Uh, they're comfortable, not very practical, but um, either that or just a good pair of on clouds. I mean, nothing too fancy. Nothing too fancy. I yep. know. All right. Well, that's going to wrap this up. I can't thank you enough for coming yes. today and meeting me. I'm just, just putting yourself out there. Like, it's just, it's really refreshing just to own, you know, who we are and to just step forward in it and be at a level of excellence, but yet still see us from a humble beginnings and I really appreciate that. I'm yes. very thankful for you being here today. <laughs> well thank you for yeah. having me. This has been a lot of fun and if there are any young ladies that are listening, I would just encourage you to, you know, reach out to people. Don't be afraid to network because I really believe that who you know in life will take you places. So. It will. It will. Thanks for listening, you guys. That was an awesome episode of Ladies in the Lead, and I'm so grateful that you took the time to listen to it. I want to thank Austin Garner for being my audio producer. I'm your host, Joan Garner. I want to encourage you to check out Facebook. I have a Facebook group called Ladies in the Lead, and you're going to want to like and follow along. Of course, you can always check out shestockshows.com to see uh, any updates or if you need to contact me, or you can use my Facebook, Joan Garner. 
We'd love to have feedback and we'd love to hear from you all. You guys have a great week. We'll see you out on the road.